pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Pitch Please, the show where people who play games pitch ideas to people who make them. This week... Like maybe the infection spreads back to the planets you've cleared before. I fucking love this game. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pitch Please. Oh, no, My that's name in there. is Alex. I'm joined by developer Chris from Foggy Box. Right. Developer James from <laughs> Catastrophic Overload. Yo yo yo. Thomas the Ideas Engine. Hey, what up? It's your boy. Back at it again with another podcast. Like and subscribe <laughs> for more content uh yimmy yamma that's that's the catchphrase of this that's his new catchphrase for 2022 every episode he's gonna say it he's gonna open with yimmy yamma usually what we do in this show we'll have someone pitch an idea for a game right yeah two hour devs okay usually it's tom because let's face he plays the most games you kind of know games more than more than certainly me i would say what really Uh, some, I think so. I think you've played more games than me. I feel like if we had a game oh. off... Oh, yeah. You think you know games? Name every game. <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Anyway, the idea is someone comes in and pitches an idea for a game, right? To the devs. And then we spend the rest of the, the, rest of the podcast expanding it until we're all happy with the, to the point where we might give it a go, right? It, it sounds yeah. all right. It sounds makeable, playable, and, and, and sometimes maybe even fun. Sometimes the ideas start out as total trash, but man, do we keep running up that hill, keep <laughs> running up that road, keep running up that building until eventually ew, we've got an idea. <laughs> eventually we give it. Yimmy Yammer. Understand it. But this time, this time is a little bit different, right? Because for the first yeah, I'm, time I'm ever. I'm dry. I'm dry. I ain't got nothing. You got anything? I got. I got nothing. Why are we here? I don't know. I was about to. I was about to shut the entire thing down. Season well, season three. That was season that was it. Three it was never going to happen. With us saying, "Oh, sorry, there isn't one." However, <laughs> instead of that, we've got a world exclusive. We've got the first time ever world right? premiere. Isn't every episode a world exclusive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. This yeah. is but this. We have a world exclusive. Resident Dev is going to be pitching to us, right, Chris? That's not how this works. <laughs> Look, no, I would agree. It's either that, no, no, it's no. either that, or we just end. Oh, good oh, point. See you later. Right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. We we need it. Chris, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> Hello. Um, you, I feel Hi. like you've overhyped it. This is. I've had to delve yeah. into the 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 empty cavern of my old Trello board, where I oh, discard okay. ideas to be lost <laughs> for millennia. So this um, is one you decided to never make. We're in the elevator make. right now. 
And this is his opening statement. This is when I was like, oh, that's that's an idea I liked. And I fleshed out a little bit. And then I was like, oh, I'll make that one day. And then, you know, uh-huh. you have to earn money. So you have to make something that might sell. Or oh, of make course, something that yeah. you think will sell, won't sell, and then move on to the next thing. And then you just forget okay. about other things. So is this is this um, your passion project that you would make? I don't have passions. Is, is this what it's? <laughs> if, if you had, if you had uh, a tiny speck of passion, <laughs> is this what you would put into making? Yeah. If if you only could, and you could make a deal with God, and you could make him trade place. <laughs> I don't know why that song is stuck what in my is head. What is with the Kate Bush today, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> my head. Just loves the bush. Yamiyama. Yamiyama. <laughs> this might be the worst long intro to any podcast ever. It's four and a half minutes in. We're in the elevator. What's your pitch? Ding. Hi, guys. I see you got the invitation to come to the elevator today. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit shady. You you gave it to us on just a napkin, scrawled in blood. Why would you? Yeah. What the, What is going on? Are you okay? I'm Do you fine. need help? No. I have an idea. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I'm pressing the emergency button. Okay. So to start off, it's a strategy. I hope you like that role play. It's a hex tile strategy game. Civ? Based in space. Civ beyond Earth? I would the best describe it as and I say best describe it as like I'm remembering. I'm reading it off my trailer board right now. Um XCOM style like unit choice. So you build a team up uh as you as you deploy on missions. Okay. So the procedurally generated solar systems, right? So uh-huh. every solar system is procedurally generated and you hop from solar system to solar system. It's permadeath. If you die, you die. Like you do in XCOM if you did an Iron Man, you, you know, you swap that character okay. out, they, they die. It's um, a roguelike. A little Hell bit off, yeah. yeah. Hell um, yeah. But the idea is, is that you're going to plant to plant to wipe out a, like an alien sort of parasite kind of thing that was moving from planet to planet. Um, okay, and the way I was like originally it was like a tug of war where if you if you lose on a planet you then have to go back to the uh, the planet you were just on right until you push back through because they retake okay. over. Yeah. Um. So you start off in orbit on your big ship and then you can mm-hmm. choose where you want to drop pod in. Um. Because of the scale of it, it's planet like planetary scale, so it would have to be hexes. Uh, okay. The units would have to be mechs, I think, to make sense in terms of scale. If you want, like, singular units, so you're, then, you're a giant mech landing well, on a you, you control comparatively multiple. small planet. <clears throat> uh, what's the game called where you're on a planet? <laughs> Dyson Sphere program. Planetary annihilation. That no, one. That's what I said. Planetary annihilation. That's what um, I said. So it would have to be hex based, uh, but the only issue is, and this is the this is the maths issue I warned you about previously, is that there would have to be one mm-hmm. pentagon somewhere. Uh, that is where I <laughs> was like, where do I put that pentagon? Is that like wait, what? What? What do you mean? It's hex based. You can't have a spherical, a sphere made up of hexagons without one pentagon in it. <laughs> it's is mathematically that impossible. The starting what's, what's zone is the pentagon. It's just because it would annoy me that someone. I have to know where to uh, where I want to put that. Because can you not? What if you put it on the north and south pole? Can you have two pentagons? What happens if you I have two? Remember, I can't remember the maths. If you can have two, maybe it's only an uneven. Maybe you have to have three, one, three, or five. Oh, there you go. Maybe it's an. If right, you find it, you get of, a bonus score. It's purely a visual <laughs> annoyance that would annoy me, um, and that's why you didn't make it. And that's why I didn't make it. Uh, no, <laughs> I feel like. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like. Okay, I feel like with the he- with the where does the hexagon go? We're we're putting the cart before the horse. 
let's let's break it down to let's get let's go back to the <laughs> yeah let's go to back the start of the basic setup right narratively you're you're what you you are controlling mechs uh, a mechs and you're traveling imagine in XCOM, instead of the four people you choose you chose four mechs yes okay there you, you go. can name them like yeah. that like Outfit that mech them. game a bit pacific rim what was that called not pacific what, rim what you're a what mech, am i thinking you're, of you're a warrior not maybe it's like a mech. <laughs> it's mech, well, the one called Mech Warrior. No, um, there was another like turn-based XCOM-y mech game, and it's based on uh, a strategy game. What well, can't was, I remember? There was the a name Mech Warrior game. game that was turn-based as well. There was like hex turn-based, I think. Are you thinking of like Warborn? That's a hex-based thing with mechs. Warborn, oh, yeah. No. yeah, Warborn. That's two D. That's no. also made in Bristol. I can't, I can't remember the name of the game. Right, so 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 let's say there's seven planets, and mm-hmm. I guess so. You start on the I guess least infested planet. I think you'd have to start on a hab in a, in a maybe. Well, you don't even have to be a habitable planet. So you're on a ship. So you go straight to planet number one. So mm-hmm. the idea is is that you drop down. You can't sort of. So over time, you can upgrade your ship to maybe scan. A zone and be like, okay, there are enemies there. Do I want to okay. be like three tiles away from them? Okay, that's that. You don't, maybe you don't know what's there. Maybe you can only upgrade to a maybe identify where you consider scout beacon down, and they go it pings out and it says, okay, these these types of enemies are on this planet. So you can kind of prep in advance, but most of the time you're going in blind. Um, but the main part of it is is that the planet gets a turn. Oh, uh, right. So, what do you mean the planet is in the? The actual planet or the enemy as well. The actual the planet gets a turn. The planet will remember this. So, <laughs> what does the planet do on its so, turn? Okay, besides so rotate. Planets <laughs> famously one rotate. So every, every, every turn yeah. it would well rotate by one. But that obviously, depending on what planet you're on, might just be day and night. But you might have a disadvantage at night. They might get stronger at night. You might have a disadvantage. Mm. They might have a disadvantage during the day. So you can try and kite them around to the day side. Maybe they get a you know. A buff, or maybe they don't. Like vampires. Okay. But that also changes based on, obviously, what planet you're on. If it's like a planet with heavy volcanic activity, maybe the planet on the planet's turn, there's a chance volcanoes will go off and do an area of effect, which you could use to your advantage or could be used against you. Maybe you can then get like a heat resistance thing. Maybe you can this, that, and the other. Okay. Well, I guess also if like the orbital rotation of these planets also have some effect. Like maybe one goes in front of the sun for a period of time that blocks out all light to the one behind it. Maybe that planet is then in eternal darkness until the other planet moves out of the way or something. So this is why I like the idea of generating the solar systems because you can use actual science to try and make them like cool. So if you take a planet like uh, Proxima, Proxima Centauri B, which is oh, a... Yeah. My favourite. Uh, which is a tidally <laughs> locked uh, planet about 1.2 times the size of Earth. It orbits around our closest neighbour, Proxima Centauri. It's a mm. tidally locked planet, which means um, one side is always in day, one side is always in night. <gasps> I know this one. This actually and is my favourite planet. Where were you two seconds ago? <laughs> so that would, st- like, you would, you would be able to create planets like that, but there are planets, because that's like quite close to the, the sun, it, Obviously, mm-hmm. has a temperature that's habitable, uh, but you do you do get planets which are further out, which could be tidally locked, which means that one side's completely frozen, and one side's like, you know, volcanoes because of the heat from the sun. There's no water in it, and there's like a strip 
around where the night and day meet, which could be habitable. So there are different biomes within that, uh, and depending on where yeah, you are. So the Dyson Sphere program, which I mentioned earlier, does yeah. kind of mess with this idea as well. It, well not mess with it, it, it uses these ideas as well, where it's a factorio-like where you're building these factories, and obviously if you mm. manage to find a tidally locked planet, then you know... I won't build solar panels on the other side because it, it never spins. It right. will never get to that side. Whereas if you have naturally rotating planets, then sometimes the positioning of solar panels mainly uh, changes drastically because of what area gets the most sun. Uh, mm-hmm. In a game like that, I mean, they've, they've managed to turn that into a game mechanic. And I guess if we have monsters that are stronger at night, for example, or maybe it gives you more stealth or, or you know something like that, less vision, and whatever else. I think that could be a thing that is usable. Uh, it's just a question of how do we make random gen interesting solar systems every time so it's not ridiculous. Like, oh, this every solar system has a tidally locked planet? <laughs> no, weird. yeah, there are, there, are, there are a lot of choice, like choices you could do. Like some planets could literally just be habitable and maybe the planet's turn is that there are, you know, fauna there that could attack both sides. Hmm. Or weather okay. events or things like or, that. Yeah, or just weather events. Like Talking about weather events and fauna and things, this is what's making me, because when you start talking about planets and the, the tidally locked thing and all the different possible features, my head then went to, I know this is like not scientific and this is a big leap, but my head then went to <laughs> Outer Wilds. Mm, right, uh, yeah. In like the, the, the incredible div- like diversity of the planets that you're going to makes it so exciting when you see you know, some of these new planets that have all these really bizarre, like, f- crazy features about them. Or like the Hourglass Twins or whatever they yeah, were called. Yeah, yeah. And, and so maybe it's not, you know, as perfectly, cra- as individually crafted as that, but could there be something like... You could do a mixture. Yeah, like some, something that is like a little bit more um, science fiction-y in terms of, the, like, the things that are included in the world. Yeah. Like certain kinds of fauna or, like, certain weather conditions or just, like, weird things that might happen to the planet that wouldn't necessarily be rooted in science. I think, actually, before, what is the scale people are imagining here? Because <laughs> for some reason in my head, obviously, I'm imagining, I'm imagining planets that are, you know, these are gigamechs against giant aliens in my head. So the maps you land on Look are, at planetary are annihilation. Huge. Planetary annihilation. Yeah. Well, I was imagining that like... Kind of- Size, I would say 40, 50 tiles, and that's the entire planet, like rotation round. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not massive. So you, you can see the entire combat happening from, you know, light years away, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like it's huge, the, the mechs I'm imagining. Because I guess you can't, you can't have obviously real scale maps, you know, that's nuts. No, there would uh, be a, there would have to be a, what's the term I'm searching for? You know, not, you'd have to imagine that. Yeah, okay, that guy's that big. Yeah, the scale? proportions are going to be off. Like, yeah. I imagine in my head it was like Pacific Rim style. Okay. And maybe mm. there are some creatures who are also that big, but then there's lots of, uh, there'd be like a swarm type, which would just sit on one tile, but would represent multiple like creatures. Um, yeah, I guess Into the Breach as well uh, did yeah. the same thing. Do you have to have the whole planet? Is that really key to the mechanic? Or can you just have, say, a continent of the planet and have the tiles be like... You could have multiple levels, for example, or multiple encounters on a planet. Yeah. And you kind of spin around to those locations and then you only need, you don't have to see. I'm trying to imagine how the combat works if you have the entire planet. Do you just, can you orbit around the whole planet? And that's yes. kind of. So in my in my head, you could orbit around the planet because you could choose to drop people off on different sides where you could have like cool. a, scout, a scout mech who, you know, has a long distance move. 
has mm. higher stealth, maybe does like at night is basically invisible. Then you could have like a support guy in my, so in my, in my notes, I've got like support can change turn order. And that's like their main abilities that they can, if say, if you choose an attack and you see that that big guy's going to go next, maybe you could change the turn order, but he has very low health and stuff like that. So are you seeing the, each individual what, like planet that you land on as basically the equivalent of it, like an XCOM level? If this was similar to XCOM in that combat style, the, the, the map would be a planet. Yes. For anyone who does want a sense of scale, again, Google Planetary Annihilation. The first pictures Man, that, that come that game, up. That game like, looks awesome. How have I not seen this game? Yeah, I've not seen that. That is cool. <laughs> like like so, the scale of that, imagine like just, it's kind of like Google Earth. Like if mm. you zoom out to where the sort of world fills your screen a little bit, Oh, and I just, you just spin around. Like I you just see Google a, Earth, and I'm zoomed in really close. Right, right. Zoom out. So that's it. A, okay, I'll um, zoom out. You would just see. You would see your, your mechs coming over the horizon as you sort of um, right. Okay. The world around. So, yeah. so it's less of a like a war map, like you know, counters representing things. It's actually the action. It's like the gigamech yeah. is that size, and the aliens that are on that planet are also of an equivalent size. Yeah, I think there was obviously going to be some like proportion and like fuckery. Um, yeah, I mean having them, gi- having them be giant is fine. the The thing that's coming to mind though is the deploying of said gigamechs around. So you're in your ship, right? And your ship is responsible for deploying all the all of your mechs. Do you have to work with the like orbit of the planet in order to deploy, no, I- or can you just go to a place and go drop here? Bloop, in the deployment here, phase, it probably wouldn't be like turn-based or that you would just go bing 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 and it would like go okay that's cool and just deploy yeah. them at the start because yeah. i think otherwise that's i, mean, that's, I guess you that's could also science becomes less fun i guess you could also <laughs> like depending on the mi- if the mission is prime i guess the primary mission is you know to eliminate the hive i suppose like a purge, from the planet essentially mm-hmm. i guess purge every planet of this i guess you could say like the hive has damaged the ground around here you can't land here because the ground will fracture and destroy the planet or whatever so you can't land mm. right next to the hive or whatever yeah. um so i guess you could limit it that way and the same thing is like you can't land in oceans maybe or whatever else <laughs> the um, gigamechs aren't waterproof oh my god can you imagine or something um but i guess also with i guess if you're seeing the entire combat on a globe that you are able to spin around and all of this stuff i guess certain weaponry uh, and line of sight is a, is a thing as well. Like if you're using Gauss weaponry that fires in a straight line, yeah. you can't hit something the other side of the planet. But if you have rockets or something like that, they can arc around mm. and hit something on the other right, side. Yeah. Um, oh, that actually reminds me of a note. Let me just get get it. Hang on. Oh yeah. So um, there was a part where once it becomes turn based, you can maneuver your ship. It takes turns, but they can do attacks from the main ship, which would be like. Oh. Like orbital missile attacks, drops. yeah, orbital attacks, but mm. but its turn moves. So if you're if the planet is rotating like faster than the ship can move, you can just go around the other way and try and like meet in the middle. Um, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh, so if like almost like an airstrike for like ten turns or whatever, yeah. You're like, okay, great. I've finally charged the ship. This combat is not going well. I'll just I'll just but, blast the entire planet. <laughs> yeah, it would it would damage your own mechs if you can't get them out of there. It's like a oh hail God, mary yeah. suicide because you're trying. You're you're you want to make sure you can't. They, that this enemy doesn't spread. Hmm. Um, maybe that takes my... a long time to charge between, like use it once on a planet and then you can't use it again for like 
But you could yeah, have a resource. There could be a resource on that planet that you can like a collector you walk into, and it's like you gained. Go fuck a muppium, and it's like yeah, <laughs> you picked up battery. Just Love one small double A battery. Yeah, it's a Duracell. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happens if if you fail that? Basically, is the planet essentially just, or can you get to a point where the, the planet is actually just destroyed? Like it just crumbles, and you've completely just like it's been taken over. Like is that what this is that what this alien life form is doing? Is it just like eating the planet basically, and you have to stop it? And if you don't, the planet is just fucked and dead, and then you're done with that planet. I'm trying to think of a good visual representation that we oh, oh uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy two. Do you know when his little fucking little seed starts spreading out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I imagine like yeah. that yes. kind of spread, yeah. but it's it's the swarms of aliens instead. Mm. Okay, so. so- so you types. start you start on one planet, and I guess for the purpose of the difficulty curve of the game, the game just says, right, this planet, planet number one, this is the easiest planet, the least infested planet. Do you then are you then able to choose any of the other planets to go to, or does it literally just say, right, this is the nearest planet, planet number two, the second least infested, uh, and you <laughs> progress that way, or do you have option to choose? I think um, you should well, like zones, maybe. I think I think maybe. I think the best option would be to let people choose, but they have to either maybe not all of them are um, habitable. Like maybe there are bits where this planet is literally not, can't be isn't habited by anyone, and the aliens aren't at a high enough level to be able to resist cold or something, right? So they don't go there. Maybe you can go. Back. Oh, the enemy, the aliens level up over time as well. So that's that's oh, the evolve. other thing is that so you can and they can. Right. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay, James. Awesome. It, what, a lot what comes to mind is uh, <laughs> Star Fox Two. Did anybody play that? They they, came, they released it on uh, the one that was the, only on like the uh, re-release of the SNES. Nintendo Switch Online. Oh right, yeah. I think it might have some elements that are quite like this. So you have Earth, and then you have well, you don't have Earth. <laughs> really? You have uh, whatever. <laughs> it's a really good Corneria. Corneria, and then the the uh, the bad guy whose name I forget. Andros. Andros. Thank you. Uh, Andros's enemy is my enemy. That, you, how do you forget this? I don't know. It's it's the it's the pressure, Tom. No, uh, you're flying. So you get to choose. Uh, you f- you fly out into the solar system, and you get to choose planets, much like the first game but in the second one there's also like other encounters you can just fly around between planets you have fuel and loads of like resources like that but it it has that element of tug of war it's like you you lose a planet you have to go fly back and do the encounter again and then try and make your way to (laughs) andros's base (laughs) yeah i really had a great time playing it i would highly recommend it but i'm having this this are, are we set in just one solar system? I may have missed when you were describing at the beginning. Like, uh, yeah, if it's what, one what solar is the system, full campaign. Like, yeah. what is an mm. entire game of this? Oh, Jesus Christ! Because uh, I, I don't have like this in my notes, but I would Where's say Andros. <laughs> like, you would, I don't know, in your local cluster, <laughs> right? Okay, so um, so you save one solar system, you move on to the so next. Is it like or Mass or maybe I, 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 maybe it's just endless. Like, it's just how long can you go? I don't know. That's why I don't make roguelikes. Right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Ah, I see. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. 
However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Does it, I mean, does it have to be a rogue? Like, what, what element of this is rogue? Is roguelike? What, I don't quite understand. Well, if everyone dies, you can't carry on. Well, so is it rogue? It's roguelike. It's literally just, you don't come back with anything. You're just starting from zero. That's, that's, that's each time. That is, yeah, not roguelike. Like. I almost mixed up the uh, definitions there in my own head. <laughs> so if a mech dies um, on a planet, they die in real life. Uh, no, they... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't name they, them they after real back, people. They don't get picked up after and they, you, you lose them. Therefore, you have so, to either recruit, or like you have to spend resources to build a new one, which might take time. So you have to send okay. like a team of three into the next planet. Okay, we need to talk resources. Okay, uh, yes. you're, you're, you're talking about resources. How are you accruing these things? Is it literally just loot drops at the end of the battle, or, and I need the correct answer on this one, <laughs> are you able to develop the planets after you've captured them? I mean, that you know what he wants. This isn't in my notes. But Control uh-huh. C, Control V, that belongs to me. Um, I'm okay so, with this yeah, as long as I get to play I'm, it. Yeah, yeah, I feel, yeah. I feel like that's, that's cool. the reward for holding a planet, right? Is that you can mine the resources, or you have, you know, you have now assets that's the thing. by like when, by maintaining when you're, when you're ownership of choosing planets or the next level. You're like, right, we've got the fuel to jump to this or this. This one heavily infested, massive mineral reserves. Mm. This one lightly infested, but it's arid. It's a bit like it's a bit shit. But, exactly. you know, it's, it's still a strategic resource, I suppose. Mm. And that's where you can then choose. Do I take the harder battle and take on this mineral deposit rich gold mine or take the easy route and don't care about it? And I guess if you, if you don't choose the other planet, it dies or well, you crumbles glass or whatever. The pla- like you glass the planet. Like being able to destroy these planets totally means that you can't, like you can't gain the resources. Like you've eliminated the threat from the planet, but the planet doesn't exist any- anymore. So you can't get the resources to then go and fight well, alternatively, further threat. It, it then builds up to a point where that becomes another fully infested foothold for the enemy. And then later down the line, you're like, well, shit, th- that I know that that heavily infested planet is, is just one jump away from going to my home world. Hmm. And that would be devastating. <sighs> like maybe the infection spreads back to the planets that you've cleared before. I fucking love this game. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention that. I forgot to uh-huh. mention completely that the, the enemy is kind of like the flood. In fact, it takes people over. When you lose your mech, you might fight against them again <gasps> at one point. That's great. It's a zombie mechs. Um, and I liked the idea of the rise taking of the, over the planet, But then, <laughs> do you know, I Fallout 4, even though it was very disappointing. Where you'd have yeah. settlements, and then they would get attacked, and you'd have to go back. Yes. Yeah, I think that should be a thing as well. So, are they, where you are could the, lose uh, that planet again? Oh, okay. Are they so maybe it's like a piloted by humans, or are they like alive? No, are they like evangelians, or are they like biomechs, biogigamechs? Sure, fuck it, why not? <laughs> no, but I, I'm cool with them being piloted by humans. I just had the word mechs. Does the human get possessed, and then they? You could just shove anyway. the word bio in front of it, and it sounds cool still. 
Maybe that's how they can get ta- that's well. That's how they can get taken over by parasites. Is that they're biomechs, so they're like it's a bit like they look like a, just a giant version of the crisis suit. BattleTech, BattleTech. That's what it was called. Isn't that a MechWarrior thing? Isn't that maybe. like part I, of the MechWarrior world? I feel like but, it might but be. In, in this, which is very heavily XCOM style combat um, in mm. mechs, um, you have to monitor uh, the heat of the mech. If you overheat, then you start taking damage. Yeah. So you know which you, have to, you would do quicker on the hot side of a planet, Tom. On the hot mm. side of a planet, or you jump into the ocean and that cools you down. Or go on the I cold mean, side. This is the- this is battletech stuff. But the way that the the character progression works in that is the mechs themselves are fully customizable. Like you can say, well, I want all these different types of weapons on them. I want three weapons on this arm, four weapons on this arm, some weapons on their legs. Fuck it, why not? Um, but they are piloted by a captain. So if the mech dies, there's a chance the captain survives. And he has a certain series of uh, skills as well that you can then transfer him into a new uh, mech, and it's not so much of a devastating loss. Um, so that's how ba- Battletech does it. God, I'm so glad I remember the name of it. <laughs> I think, so I think I've got this- the name of this okay, game, though. I think it's uh, yeah. Mechcom. Surely, you know. With- <laughs> <laughs> Unless uh, I'm sure Chris has got one. No, I don't. Hey, we're flipping roles in this episode. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, it, in terms of the actual mechs, then is that like maybe they're not piloted by humans? They are bio mechs. Is there some way that like is there potential that like you can lose the mech, but you can somehow yeah, you- retain some oh. kind of data or information from it? One of the great things about XCOM is that you have. You know, like you have a character, you have a you have a someone that you that is with you all the way through until they're not until they die, and that's yeah, such but that's a big what would thing. happen with the mechs. You would get them back. You get them back, but if you lose one down there, they're lost. Hmm. But then you're like, oh, I'm, I miss the mech, Gary. And then one day, Gary will turn up <laughs> Gary on the planet infested, <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, I have to, I have to kill Gary now. I've got to find Man, Gary. It would, be, it would be cool if the battle scars remained. Like if we put a lot of effort into say, like, texturing and stuff. And if they get, like, they lose an arm or they get bashed up, you know, yeah. that, that I mean, scar carries through the game. I guess, that would be like, awesome. whatever you start with are just these default <laughs> company-assigned mechs, right? Military-assigned mm, yeah. mechs. But mm. then dependent on the resource that you're gathering, and you're like, right, okay, we can rebuild that arm. Uh, it's going to cost a lot, but, okay, we luckily we're mining tons of titanium from this system. It comes back with a titanium arm. And mm. it's like, okay, cool. I, I mean, that's a scar and a symbol on there of that time when that mech lost his arm we replaced it with titanium from this cluster over here somewhere um but i guess it's just a question of what is the full campaign i mean you could probably spread out and say yeah this this system has 10 planets and you have to take down all 10 and rid the alien threat from the system and then game game over you win hmm. or it's yeah. grander than that and it's a cluster of systems maybe at the center is a black hole and the alien threat is moving ever closer to the black hole and you need to stop that. I don't know. <laughs> but that's why I think like the roguelike element doesn't, for me, doesn't really make sense in terms of like the core experience of the game because it like, it feels like that's just playing like, like Iron Man XCOM, right? Yeah. yeah. The actual game itself. Like what I, what I was thinking is like the, the having the turn base um, combat on the planets and that mechanic of like the rotation of the planet having a turn is is really really cool and that's kind of like i feel like that's obviously the selling point right that's the unique mechanic but then what if xcom has a step back from that as well right so in between in between levels you have you have that what's it called the counter you know the big counter that you're then the working avatar on. So it's like, like a, how did you forget the that? Avatar we mentioned project. it in like every episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> um 
So is there something that's an equivalent of that in it? Because I feel like just, just using that format could totally work here to have something that's the equivalent of that. So yeah, within each map, the planet is taking a turn, but in between that, the universe, the black hole or whatever is taking a turn or you know, I, I, whatever I think that's... I think it's just the the hundred percent controlled planet at the very very end, closest to the sun or whatever. Um, yeah, that spreads beyond. Like when you when you finish a planet, the aliens have their turn. And it's like great, this planet is now more infested, or this mm. one is less, or whatever. Like you can see the effects of stuff that you don't take over or don't mm. fight. And, right. And that's where you know the choices of I do I go back and take back this planet because it's getting pretty nasty. Cosmic uh, chess. Or yeah, and, and I think that's what the alien turn could be if it was compressed to just this one solar system. I, mu- I um, must say, I'm much more in favour of more of a. It, it, the planets are very scripted and designed over the randomization element, but you know it could go either way. But the, the, having very you know defined planets and you spend a lot of time crafting the environment, the the different effects that that planet has. I don't know that that is more appealing to me, um, but that's just you know. I, I, I well, no, that that appeals to me more as well. When I originally came up with this idea, it was back when um, Xbox Game Pass was becoming a thing, and all mm. of a sudden, loads of every dev was worried about. Oh, we need to make games that last a long time and have a lot of replayability. Yeah, I, was like, oh, I'll make a I mean, don't ask me, like obviously, because <laughs> it's not a business sense decision. I'm just like, no, I want pretty planets. No, but that's why that I did it. Because I was like, oh, it's got to be a roguelike. <laughs> yeah, but now I, mean, I just don't I, care. I guess, like, even even XCOM with its grander scale, um, and and even the missions that you know are coming up, like the Black mm-hmm. Sight mission very early on in the game, is still a randomized level. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I I think in in terms of building it, because at risk of a risk of defining a roguelike again, like that, that it, a roguelike is a roguelike when you can infinitely replay it and expect different results every single time, and um, that's that's where I think you need to have the custom, not the custom, the randomly generated planets each time because you want to jump into a new game and not know. Oh, I know this is a sand planet, and I know that if I jump right here, the volcano will erupt in three turns or whatever. Um, like playing it multiple times through doesn't give you a strategic edge because you've played it multiple times. It gives you a strategic edge because you know what the game is going to do. And yeah. you don't want that. You don't want to predict what the game is going to do to you. Yeah, but um, also you you do get playstyle differences per run where you could, you know, drop pod all of your mechs together or go, okay, I'm going to send, okay, this time I'm going to send one out on the other side of the planet who's a scout mm. who's got low health but fast move and can, you know, the fog of war stays faded where he's been. Or some shit mm. like that, whatever you want to. But at the same time, if it's not randomly generated, you don't yeah, ever you, in you future games you won't need the scouts because you know what's there. Well, you could do um, like Rust, where it's procedurally generated, but there are monuments that are always going to be there. Oh, yeah. They're just in different yeah. places. Well, and then surely you know, starting position could change. Maybe the home world planet is different each run where you start, or it, the, the actual position of the enemies could be different each time you start you know the the planets that they've infested to begin with but maybe that's not enough uh, resources could be spread differently you know it might not be a given that a desert planet's got loads of cobalt or whatever in this if if there's limited random 
then eventually there would be a correct path through the game. Like, pick this planet because then the monster will do this. Pick, go land on this spot and shoot this way, like in two turns, and you know, the enemy will die. And there'll be a correct path. I guess you could say, oh, but random chance to miss. And but like that's not enough random, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, it's not not fulfilling. I guess you could you could say like you know you're guaranteed to have a desert planet, you're guaranteed to have a snow planet, you're guaranteed to have a completely ocean planet or a tightly locked planet or whatever in every single generation. And I mean that saves you from loading into a game and you're like fuck everything is magma. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I, I think it, I think it needs it. Um, but you know, within reason of the difficulty curve of the game. Um, but that's 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 my opinion. There you go. Shit on that. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, like, whether or not it's a roguelike, I I want to feel like I don't know if it's because I've just played a lot of roguelikes recently, but mm. I feel like I have become more and more aware of like the pr- procedural generations uh, generation in certain games, and that. For me, just suddenly, like it, it's really hard to do. I find it really hard to do well these recently, just because there's so much of it that I think audiences are like really acutely aware of when, of when you know, of, of the building blocks of how things fit together more so than they were, you know, a few years ago, five, six years ago, whatever. When when roguelikes weren't such a big thing, I think last year especially, we've seen so many roguelikes and roguelites uh, in so many different like combinations of different genres. Like I just feel like it's quite it's 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 difficult to do well now because it's done it's been done so many times recently. But uh, I guess it's also it is kind of dependent on the scale that you 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 build this thing. Like if you are having a mm-hmm. a actual massive planet that is you know two hundred five hundred tiles across the entire thing, I don't know how that scales across a sphere. You know, you are going to have to have more assets and building blocks in there to say this is the city tile and this is rivers and mountains and all of these things if you scale it down a ton you don't need all of that stuff they would literally just be textures painted on there because they're they're nothing to your you know skyscraper gigamex um uh so it would literally just be landscape and here's a mountain here's a here's a ocean tile and all of that stuff um i guess i guess in the same scale as like Civ, I suppose, where yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's kind of random gen the, the way they're built together, but they work well enough for the purpose of this zoomed out world. Maybe it's like that. And if it's heavily stylized as well, you could get away with a lot more as as well. You know, designing tiles that fit together and having your world look a bit more like something like For yeah. the King or something, where it's just all kind of pieced yeah. together. And for some reason, I've been also, I mean, I've been playing quite a lot of World of Myth recently, and I'm thinking of that sort of thing as well. Which does the same thing with the infestation of the tiles that spread out as you mm. progress through your journey. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love this game. We got game of the year already. I, I genuinely <laughs> really want to play this game. I'm just imagining like landing on a planet and you see the enemy on the other side, or you reveal the enemy on the other side, and you're like, "Well, shit! I wish I hadn't landed here." And I've got my yeah. sniper who can only shoot in straight lines. There's no way he can hit him. But luckily, my rocket mech. Can fire over the mountain, hit them three times, shred yeah, their armor. Right. Um, oh, it need, and, yeah, it and, does need to have that element, doesn't it? That mm. would just make it so much better. Okay, right. So, okay. So before we before we finish off, what what about the um, the one other thing that comes to mind is the in X. I know we like I'm constantly drawing comparisons to XCOM just because that's that's in my head now. But like 
outside of the maps, right, you also have the base, which you're upgrading and stuff. How is that working in this? You're getting resources. Do you have, do you have a central ship that you're using? Presumably to, the ship is it. There's only one, And right? you're like upgrading modules, upgrading... Oh. Oh, see, I was imagining a completely separate metagame outside of all of this, where the planet you take over, the first planet you take over, becomes yeah. inhabited by the humans or whatever else, and you can yeah. build factories and stuff on there. Sure. And over time, it develops to this yeah. home world. And then you take over the next planet, and you're like, great, I've got the resources to start building this up. I can put mining rigs here, I can put everything else here, and I'm generating all these resources. The more you do the more, I guess, attractive it makes these planets to the aliens. So at, like Factorio at of, and the pollution. It's like a risk factor. Right, um, right, okay. But the more, you, the more you build and the bigger defense that you can build against these things, you can then start cornering your little area of the solar system. Uh, maybe you can start building, I don't know, orbital lasers or something. So if anything starts heading mm. towards that planet, it immediately fires down on it at the cost of resources or energy or whatever. If you have an abundance of energy, that's how you upgrade your mechs. Or abundance of resources, you upgrade your mechs, you upgrade your ship before you even land on it. That's how you can then get the scouting radar or whatever when you go near a planet. Or uh, that's how you build the orbital laser. So after 10 turns of combat, that's how you fire it down or whatever. Um, I guess it's just a question of if, if you don't like this not factory building element of it, but city building on this planet. I, I think I need to play Planetary Annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so w whether it's building on planet side or whether you do have a ship base or whatever, I, I think actually the, the more you talk about it, the, the planetary stuff sounds sounds really cool. But I feel like it probably would need to be kind of a simplified version of that style of like, it wouldn't be... Oh yeah, be, for um, sure. I mean, you could just have, this is the tile with ore on it. You just slap a mining rig on there. Maybe yeah, depending yeah. on how you approach the combat on the planet, if you send in a load of explosive mechs, you could tear this planet to shreds. And you're like, well, I I, I mean, I fought tooth and nail to win this planet, but I, I destroyed it in the process. <laughs> like, it's now unusable as a factory hub for my it's just system. Like... That's how you can then strategize with the way you actually combat these things on the planets yeah, you land yeah. on. Um, and, and if you manage to clear a, clear a system by just destroying, or clear a planet just by destroying mm. the aliens and nothing else, great, you've just obtained yourself a really good foothold to build a new system and ferry new resources forward. And then when you wipe out and die, you start again because holy shit, did you have a great time playing this <laughs> fucking awesome game. Why, you, why do you make this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who cares this about where the Pentagon's going to be? Just start at the top. I do. <laughs> the minigames, find the Pentagon. I've hidden it somewhere. <laughs> All right. What is this game to you right now? What Fucking do we have? incredible is what it is. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's an XCOM-esque roguelike uh, giga-mech attack force against the alien threat on a... I'm imagining a single solar system at the moment where you mm -hmm. arrive in this alien-infested uh, solar system, land on planet number one, take out the small threat in a tutorial mission, and then start developing your foothold in the defense and elimination of the alien threat. Um, you then decide, right, I've got the jump distance to move planet one to. One's got greater resources, higher threat. One's got shitty resources, minor threat. But... You know, you make that choice. Uh, and as you progress and as you develop your foothold in the solar system, you become the scourge of the alien kind. Oh, my God. And as you progress, you finally get into the motherland and destroy them there. Not Russia. 
<laughs> I was just going to elaborate on that idea that Tom just said, which is maybe where you have to gather enough resources to like for fuel to warp to another solar system. And it's basically the game is how many solar systems can you clear? But obviously you take your upgrades with you and you take a certain amount of things with you and you, you're kind of starting a run again, but with the stuff you've had previously already there. And that's where it steps Chris. up with difficulty. I think Tom, Tom just can't get so erect. Oh right! You're gonna have oh to my stay. god! Jesus Christ! That's that's so good. Because I was thinking earlier when you were talking about replacing, um, like arms with different metals and whatever else, like having legacy mechs that you can just bring into future games. You're like, oh, you know what? I'll start this game. It'll be a little bit easier because I've got this leveled up mech with weapons and whatever else. But Very I love this cool. legacy mech. Bring him into the next campaign and. Mm. Maybe that then scales to difficulty because of the, I, I mean, at risk of saying Dungeons and Dragons terms, it raises the combat rating of the stuff you're against because the combat rating of your stuff is so much higher. Mm. Um, and if you, you know, you progress, you're on to campaign five, it means not much really, but you're bringing these characters with their little stories and the histories they have. And then suddenly you lose the guy that you had from campaign number one. That sucks. That really sucks, but that's the story yeah. of the game. Is there a lose condition? I guess the ship itself gets attacked and destroyed. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I would say you that destroy every planet. The lose condition would be your main ship getting attacked, which would only sort of be caused by. So, say if you want to make a new mech, it would take X amount of days, like mm -hmm. a turn-based days thing. But obviously, whilst you're not attacking aliens they're taking over a planet or they're they're spreading as well so there is a risk reward of okay do i just send that unit in with one less mech whilst i'm or do i keep everyone here i start making this thing spending all my resources here let them spread and then go back with the extra guy but they've spread more and they've become more more powerful oh by the way in my head i don't know if anyone else they're not like just bi bipedal mechs they're like four leg walkers like big fucking oh, tanks and there's oh. one one of them could be just bipedal one of them is like a flying one doesn't get affected by you know lava on the floor can fly over certain things fuck off um, <laughs> fuck off with that can, oh. can the big ship dope. can the main ship also just be a massive mech that just, just flies through space. Oh my god! Oh my god. Pencil is through the, the sky. Deploy is from it, it. Can you get the yeah. the Megazord and all your mechs That's joined the... together to make one? It's the size. Mech. It's the size and shape of a planet, and the Pentagon is where your mechs fly out from. The reason it's the go. size and shape of a planet is because that can then be the surface that you fight on when the aliens do attack the ship. Yeah, oh, yeah. and it's oh. like, what's the transformer called? I think it's an Omicron. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Omicron. it. Yeah. Omicron. No, what is it um, called? What's it called? Orson. It's oh, Orson Wells. That's the name of the um the big planet That's the he's it's voiced by one of them's voiced by Orson Wells in the movie, right? Oh. Uni Unicron. <laughs> in the foot. Unicron. Unicron. Yeah. Close. Wow. All right. Let's like the final. Tom final fucking horror. loves it. Yeah. James. I, I love Mexcom. Yeah, Mexcom. <laughs> I I think this is great. Uh, and does it turn out that it's a bit Starship Troopers and we're the baddies? Who knows? Question I don't even mark. care. Man, you know, <laughs> even if that was some weird, like, underlying theme underneath all of it, that the, the, the settlements you're attacking are actually just civilizations trying to thrive in this solar system, <laughs> I don't care. I am yeah. into it. <laughs> I, I love it. As am I. I think this is a great-sounding game, yeah. 
Nice one, Chris. Well, it's not getting made. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone or else might, take this. Maybe it is now, but you'll get none of the yeah, credit. Paradox will <laughs> shit it out three years' time. Paradox will yeah. fucking oh steal it. Out of interest, have we actually have we actually developed this idea based on what you had on your thing, or, yeah, or have we just rehashed some, what you've had? No, there's 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 been some major changes. Oh my god, we we're useful. I haven't noted any of them down. If I suppose if I want to ever make this, I should come back and listen to this. <laughs> I, 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 I'm amazed. Sometimes I come out of these episodes and I'm like, we didn't actually develop anything here like, compared to the original pitch, but I feel like we've actually served a purpose. We've delivered, well, Chris has delivered. I, you know, I was so ready to come into this and be like, oh, that's a fucking shit idea. That's what Chris I was expecting was going to happen. Mm, sounds, like a, mm. sounds like a DLC to me. <laughs> that's what, that's what it's I was just, expecting. It's just a, a planetary annihilation game mode. That sounds I, more like a mechanic. Where's the mechanics? <laughs> the difference is here. We've had a pitch from an actual developer. No, no that doesn't. No, that that means nothing. Chris, uh, you're this is have your to... job to come up with the games <laughs> and make them. For me, if I have a bad pitch, I can fall back to my actual job. <laughs> That's true. That is true. If I have a bad pitch, no one buys it. I I become homeless eventually. Exactly. I'm well, okay. Hopefully, we can reach into your Trello board a couple more times in the future. I'm looking at it now. There's some. There's some stuff on it. All right, look, we have to go. We've we've massively run over because we're just so excited about just fucking mechs going nuts on oh, each other. Holy shit. But, um, Welcome back to 2022. Me- <laughs> Mechcom yeah. Giga Mech Attack Force. Uh, thank <laughs> you yes. for listening oh, like to, uh, Wait, to this. Wait, hang on. G-M-A-F. That's okay. I was okay, really worried okay. it might have like... <laughs> Mex, Mexcom fucks. Combat <laughs> unit next territory. Yes. No, I like that. If you like this, <laughs> please great. let us know. Where can they let us know how they feel about this, Tom? At Pitch Please Pod. Pitch Please Pod without any vowels on Twitter. Uh, or in the reviews or in the comments on this video if you're watching yes. on YouTube. Or send it to me via... Airplane smoke in the sky, smoke trails. Please, smoke trails. Uh, Over that's Bristol. how we'll, we'll see them. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. goodbye. Bye now. I did like Mexicom cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Combat unit next territory.